Well, I am going to have to say that you guys did absolutely wonderful, and Willine and Linda did absolutely wonderful on the execution of 10,000 Reasons. Everybody has worked really hard at learning that new song, and I can't wait as we as it becomes more familiar to us that uh, it becomes part of our life. Now, Nisa sang a song uh, a cappello, and she asked about that doing that song a couple weeks ago, and I really didn't understand why, but I felt like today was, uh, was the day to do it. And I think sometimes the revelation that God brings to us comes in the moment where God says, allow something or do something. You don't really understand why you just do it. You just, you're just obedient. And I think sometimes in order to hear the words of God. We have to take the noise away from us. I've been planting a bug in some folks' ears uh, this morning. Back in 1984, there was a group that released a song out to the general public, and the uh, chorus were some of the most prolific words I've ever heard. And some of you actually have heard this song, and it was surprising. But the, the chorus goes like this. All we hear is Radio Gaga, Radio Goo Goo, Radio Gaga. All we hear is Radio Gaga, Radio Blah Blah, Radio What's New, Radio Someone Still Loves You. Those are some very prolific words, are they not? I mean, deep thought. If you understand what was going on at the time and the song was written, you'll have a better understanding of what the artist is saying. See, in the 1980s, music began to die because of the institution of music videos. Everyone stopped listening to the music. And they stopped paying attention to the words because they were fascinated by the visual effects. And sometimes in our lives, that's what happens, that we become so fascinated by the glory, by the looks, by the shiny objects, or, or just by things going on around us that we forget to hear the real message of what God has for us in life. Today's passage of Scripture comes from the book of Acts, chapter 3, verses 17 through 21. The Word of God says, And now, brothers and sisters, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. In this way, God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, that his Messiah would suffer. Repent, therefore, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send his Messiah appointed to you, that is, Christ Jesus, who must remain in heaven until the time of universal restoration that God announced long ago through his holy prophets. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, we come before you today and thank you for this time that you have given us to come into your house. Father, we thank you for the opportunity and the ability to come into your house by our own free will, our own choosing, without fear of harm from our community but that we can freely worship you, that we can freely express our love towards you without persecution. Father, I ask on this day that you take from me the desire to speak my own will, but fill me with your spirit, that every word I speak would be pleasing to you for the edification of your church. In Christ's name we pray. First thing we have to do when we look at this passage of Scripture is start asking some questions because the first thing that we want to do know is what is uh, 
Luke mean by and now? This is the book of Acts. It was written by Luke. It was the second book. He wrote the book of Luke's and he wrote the uh, book of Acts, both of which were addressed to a man named Theophilus. And what uh, Luke is saying right here, and I've got to get out of the habit of saying Paul because I'm so accustomed to talking about Paul. What Luke is saying right here with the and now is a continuation of earlier conversation that he was having. You see, it's some 50-odd days past the resurrection at this time in their life. Christ has already been sentenced. He's already been crucified. He's already risen from the dead, and the Holy Spirit has already fell upon the people uh, during the season of Pentecost. And uh, Peter and John go into Jerusalem, and as they're going into Jerusalem, the man that we talked about earlier, who was lame, that was sitting outside the gate, beautiful, saw them coming, and Peter said to him, Silver and gold I have not, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Get up and rise. And that's where this story really picks up, because the man stood up, and he began walking. And the people in the immediate area saw this man, knowing that he was the lame man, knowing that he's the man that had not been able to walk in, their, in his life, or in the, at least in the time that they knew him. And now he was walking, and they were amazed. And as they come running and asking questions, Peter saw them and recognized what was going on. And what he saw was this is an opportunity to start preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, to start talking to people about what it means to, to experience God. You see, the first thing Peter said to them was this, as they were asking questions, was this. He pointed out to them, don't look at this miracle and think that, that me or anyone else had the authority to make it come about. This miracle came about because of the act of another one, the only one the inter is, who is the intercessor between man and God, and that is the person of Jesus Christ. You remember him because you were there that day that, that Pontius Pilate brought him out before the crowds and gave you, the people, the choice to crucify or let him go. You remember that because you were there. And we can rationally say that, that Peter wasn't just talking in general as we say today day that, that Christ died for us and he went to the cross because of us. Peter can really and truly say during that time, because it was so close to the time that Christ was actually crucified, that some of those people could have possibly actually been in the crowd that day when the Pharisees and Sadducees were, were going through the crowd, stirring the people up, telling them, don't pick the other guy. Don't pick the murderer. Pick Jesus to be crucified. Let the other guy go. And we can say that because they more than likely lived in that community. Peter could have probably pointed many of them out face to face. And that's where we pick up that conversation is, is he moves beyond that part of the Acts. And he says, we understand that all that happened, but now this is what I want you to hear, brothers and sisters. And I love that he starts off that statement with brothers and sisters because it shows that, that Peter is executing the love of God in the lives of these people. He didn't look at them and say, I understand that you are the ones who, who, who put Jesus to 
to the cross, he said, I, I know you did because I saw you. You had the opportunity to take him down, but you didn't. But I want you to know this, regardless of what choice you made that day, regardless of who whispered what in your ear that influenced you, I want you to know that you, my friend, are still my brother and my sister. He gave them the, the, the experience of mercy and grace. And he did so because he wanted them to hear the message. You see, if we attack people because of who they are and, and, and what they do in an evil and harsh manner, we're not going to have their attention when it comes time to tell the story of what Christ did for them in their lives. We're going to drive them away. Somehow, some way, tactfully, we have to say to people, you know what, I'm not a perfect person, and I don't expect you to be perfect either. But the way that you are living your life, the choices that you are making is having a negative impact on your relationship with God and the blessings that you receive in this life. And I say this not because I'm judgmental towards you. I say this because there's good news that I want you to hear. And that good news come in the person of Jesus Christ. And I think when we hear the word good news, we keep waiting for a message to be delivered, that that God is going to do something or or, or give us something, that there's something that we need to hear that's going to make us feel better. But we miss the message sometimes that the good news is Jesus Christ himself. Um, Mark even said it in the very beginning of of his book in Mark chapter 1. He said, this is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. That his very presence in this world came at a time when it was needed most. The good news is that God loves his children so much that he sent his son to the cross at Calvary to die for our iniquities so that we could live abundantly in this life and so that we can live in the presence of God in eternity. That is the good news. And Peter wanted them to understand that. Just like many people in my life wanted me to understand that so many years ago. And what I found is this, is that that no matter how far I go in my walk with Jesus, there's always somewhere else to go, meaning that I can always go a little bit further, that repentance is not something that, that we do once in our life, but it's a continual process in which we walk with God. Peter said to these people, that not only does God love you, but that God offers his forgiveness so that you can live the life of abundance. He said, but this is our response to God's grace, and that is to repent. Repent, therefore, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. And oh, that when we hear the word repent, we think of the Old Testament term of repentance. See, in the Old Testament... Israel was quite often on the rebellious side of things. Israel was constantly being reprimanded for their acts. So anytime we heard repentance, it was, it was always referenced to 
turn around from your sins and come back to God. Stop living an unholy, an unholy life and come live a life of righteousness before God. But something happened to the meaning of repentance from the time of the Old Testament to the time of the New Testament. One of the things that happened was words change over time. The, the meanings do. Sometimes they, they lose some power. Sometimes they gain some power. See, from those... Uh, in that time span, we went from the, the Hebrew language, which was uh, the most prominent language at the time, to the Greek language because of a lot of the politics that happened during that time span. So the Greek meaning for repentance has more to do with just turn from your sin. It has something that's more deepened, and in, in, in it's meaning that's more personal to us as a people. It's not just a command, but, but it's a desire that, that God has for us as a people that we repent of the way that we live and turn toward him. And here's how it means in the Greek language. Repentance is more than just turning around and facing God. Repentance is making a conscious decision, one that is not based on emotion, one not as ba- that is not based on the drive of another person, one that is not necessarily based fully on an outside source saving the Holy Spirit, for example, because the Holy Spirit is going to push us. It's called conviction. The Holy Spirit is going to draw us into God and ask us to do things. But see, God doesn't want us to just to be a robotic people and say, yes, the Spirit pushed me, so therefore I'm going to do without understanding. God wants us to fully understand why we make choices and why we make decisions. Repentance in the time of uh, the New Testament meant that, that we don't just turn around, but we consider why it is that we're turning around. We think about the things that we do and the steps that we take and the, the uh, words that we receive from other people. Repentance means to become reliant upon a holy God. It is our act of love toward God when God called us into the relationship with him. See, I think one of the things that we forget sometimes is we didn't choose God. God chose us. Scripture is clear on that. That we don't have within our own capacity to desire God himself that we come to God because God looked down from heaven and he drew us each and every one into his knowledge and to the understanding of who he is. We came to him because he called us first. Our answer of yes is a response to his call to come home. And more times than not, it's that small, still voice that gets our attention. I go back to the song Radio Gaga, and I'm going to show you how prolific that chorus is. He says, I sit alone and watch your light, my only friend through teenage nights, And everything I had to know, I heard it on my radio. You gave me all those old-time stars through wars of worlds invaded by Mars. You made me laugh. You made me cry. You made me feel like I could fly. You see, when video came out, 
we stop listening to the words. What we saw became more important to us than what the artist was saying. I've got a record player at my house. And, you know, I listen to digital music, and it's easily accessed. And I can hear whatever song I want to whenever I want to in the comings and goings of my days. But when I'm home by myself, I want to take the time to pick up that, that LP, long playing record, for those of you that don't know what that is. And I want to feel it in my hands. I, I, I want to see the, the artwork on the cover. And I want to pick up that needle and put it on the disc as it spins. And I want to sit back and read the lyrics to the songs as the artist performs them, undisturbed by anyone or anything. And I love to hear all the pops and the cracks and the white noise. You see, in that time, I don't have to depend upon the creation of something artificial to touch my heart. I get lost in the words, in the magic of the moment. And I let it impact my thoughts as it, as it takes my imagination off into to different areas of life. Things that I've done, things that I haven't done, things that, that I will probably never, ever do. And I can remember as a kid, as a teenager myself, locked in my room listening to my radio, exploring worlds that I've never been to, emotions that, that I've never felt. And just like the artist who wrote this song, I can say the same. My relationship With that radio, caused my imagination to grow and caused me to dream. It made me laugh and it made me cry, and sometimes it definitely made me feel like I could fly. And that reminds me of my relationship with Jesus Christ. Because you see, in the early days of my relationship, God was all I wanted to know. That when I gave up the, the desire to, to follow whatever path that I was on, that I was free from the burden uh, of chasing, I was free from the burden of, of trying to, to make ends meet, and I was free from the burden of having to worry about tomorrow. But I learned to live in the day in the presence of God. And the thing I cherished most were those moments when I sat in silence with God my Savior. You see, it's in those moments that we dedicate our time to God that we are more prone to hear the message that he has for us in our personal lives. When we're down and out, he, he speaks to our heart to, to give us hope and inspiration. 
And when we want to celebrate life, and the celebration of, with just family and friends isn't enough, I know that I can go to my God, and he will understand my, the desire of my heart. As I share deeply with him, the words that I can express about life and know that, that he knows the words that I can't even form, that in his presence the, the wholeness of gratitude is shown and given. But just like the music video, sometimes our life becomes so encompassed by the, the, the fake things of the world, by all the glitz and the glamour. And we see what someone has or doesn't have, or we see where life is going or it's not going, and we forget about that voice from long ago, that voice that, that gave us life to start with. Then our desires for, for success and need for the completion of goals start, start beating down that voice. You see, God never stopped talking to us. We stopped listening. God never walked away from us. We walk away from him. And sometimes life just gets tiring, and we need a break. I don't know if you know about the, the, prophet, or the prophet Elijah from the Old Testament. He was a mighty, mighty man of God, and he carried a great burden for Israel, and he did a great work for God. He announced to the king the prophetic message that God had toward him. And that would be that there would be no rain for a season. And this same prophet Elijah was faced with the challenge of, of standing before all the prophets of Baal in a great test to see whose God was real. And then after Elijah's God proved to be the one true powerful God and the rains began to fall, he received word that a bounty had been put on his life. And Elijah did what, what most of us would do. He ran in fear for his life. There was nothing wrong with that. But what we want to understand here is this point here. Elijah has become very tired. As a matter of fact, he became so tired that he found himself laying up under a tree, unable to move, and had to be uh, receive the service from an angel of God. This angel brought bread to him and, and gave him nourishment, brought him water, and then he laid down and, and rest some. And then he, when he woke, the angel was still there, providing bread and water for him again, telling him, you need your nourishment, you need your rest, because you got a little further to go, to go down the line. And I think sometimes that's what we experience, do we not? When we take on a task and we take on a job, that, that we work really hard at doing that. One, we want to be pleasing to God. We want to be grateful for the gifts that he has given us and the opportunities that he has given us to serve. And we work really hard at that. But you know what? It doesn't stop us from getting tired. We're human. But we keep pushing forward in, in carrying out our tasks day by day. But we're sometimes to the point that we become like Elijah. Well, we just need to sit down and rest. And you know what? We need to do that. Then we do that. That is okay. But see, Elijah went a little further in his walk because he made his way to Mount Horeb and he was hiding in a cave. I don't know so much that he was hiding as much as it was that he was just trying to find some solace. Away from the noise of the world. 
away from the things that the world deems to be important, but yet takes away from their time with God. Maybe you can relate to this. As Elijah sat in that cave, the Lord came to him and spoke gently to a person who was in need. The Lord said to Elijah, this is what I want you to see. An earthquake came, but the Lord wasn't in it. He said that, that fire came, but the Lord wasn't in it. And when Elijah heard this, he began to contemplate what it was God was saying to him. He put his cloak on and he went outside the cave to look at the wonders of God. And then the Lord God said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And I think this is the point when, when we are expecting Elijah to, to rise up in the power of God and take on a new battle and take on a new meaning. Because that's our hope, that's our expectation, because that's what we want to, to motivate us up out of our desire to, to get us through our darkness. But Elijah didn't do that. He spoke in human terms, and he probably says what you and I say many times behind closed doors when we are speaking to God about the condition of our lives. Elijah was very truthful with God. He said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty, meaning this, I have been enthusiastic about everything that you've asked me to do. I've been enthusiastic about every mission that you've put me on. I have lifted your name up on high in the presence of the names of other gods, and I did so because I love you. I did it with a passion. And those that I stood before, the Israelites, rejected your covenant. They tore down your altars, and your prophets were, were put to death with a sword. And he, he looks to God, and he says to this, he makes a plea to him, I am the only one left. Do you not feel like that sometimes when you're carrying out the mission that God puts before you, that, that maybe I'm alone, that maybe I'm the only one left, that, that maybe no one else is showing up? And that may be the reality at that time in your life. You see, each and every one of us are tasked with a mission and sometimes we have to go at it alone sometimes we have to carry the burden a little bit more than what we want to by ourselves while we wait for someone else to come along and it's okay to feel that way and it's okay to understand those things and i think that this is where repentance comes in because you see those voices of what some deem as self-pity or uh, emotions um, induced by anger or just aggravation or just being tired need to be locked away. Let's get them out in the open. Let's talk about them. Let's put them out there. They are real. They are very, very real. But we cannot let them impact our lives. Repentance it comes, helps us to understand this, that we are people who are driven by emotions, but we have the intellect to decide for ourselves. Every morning I get up, I want sausage, eggs, cheese, 
toast and jelly for breakfast. My body wants it. My mind wants it. Everything about me wants it. I have to make a conscious decision of how I'm going to respond to that. Either I'm going to give in to it and live that way, however some diets do let you live that way, or I'm going to make a choice to live a different way. And that is what repentance is all about, to being real with ourselves about what we feel but choose to live in a different manner in spite thereof. And that's what God was saying to Elijah here. You may feel tired. You may feel cheated. You may feel like you can't go on. But I want you to stop and think for one minute. Repent. Turn around. Think about what you're doing. Look at me. Take your eyes off the glit and the glamour and refocus on me. Get back to what is real, the relationship with God. Get in the places where it is quiet. Take yourselves out of the world that is full of everything that is glittered, everything that is glamorous, and take your minds off the desires of the things that you want to see happen in life and live in the reality of what God has put before you today. You see, I can look at today and I can say in my heart and mind how I want life to look, and I can chase that day after day after day only to find myself not succeeding in my venture. Because the reality of it is, is that God never planned. He didn't provide for that, that path. But what he did provide were the resources and the people that are in our lives today. And in those times, with those resources and with those people, we choose how we live. We choose how we utilize those resources, and we trust God with our resources, right? We're going to get real. We're going to turn the noise down, and we're going to listen to the music without the sound. And we're going to get back to the things that, that make God important to us to start with. That when I was in need of provision, God said, give to me first your tithe. And I gave to God my tithe. And I found in that time that 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 10% of my income that I gave to God could never, ever make up for the blessings that he gave me in my life. That the time came in my life that, that I didn't just need to give my tithe to God, but I wanted to give my tithe to God because I know that, that God is going to bless me because of it. It became an act of gratitude, of understanding that, that I can trust God with my financial life, which means I can trust God with my family and with my friends. All because I trust him with my money. And we've got to to get back to those roots. The car that you want, that you think is bigger and better, isn't important as your relationship with God. And we've got to get back to hearing him talk to our hearts and our minds and begin to dream again. Turn around and face God and ask him what his will is for your life. Because if you're chasing a dream that's not coming about, 
then maybe it's time to change the way that dream is executed. Get quiet with God. And let him hear your words. But take the time to listen to the things that God says to you and to me. When Elijah was finished, the Lord said to him, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. You see, that's God's way of saying, Elijah, you had a break. You you had your time. You had the opportunity to refocus. But understand this, that, that your life is not over. You still got work to do. You still got life to live. You still got missions to to fulfill and lives to impact. Go back to where it was that you came from is what God was saying. And I understand that you're tired. But understand this. You are not alone in this life and in this world. God goes with you. And God goes before you. And when you need it most, God will bring forth the miracle as it pertains to his will. Because he said not only to go back, but remember Elijah said, I am the only one left. God said, for yet I have reserved 7,000 prophets in Israel all whose knees have not bowed to Bell and whose mouths have not kissed him. That when the time was right, God brought forth the help that was needed to bring about God's will in Israel. And he does that in our lives today in our own personal level, and and in in a national level as well. That when we think we can't go any further, we can. We may need to rest some. And we definitely got to get to a place where we start listening to God again. But God has provided for you all these years. And he will provide for you in the days to come. Your treasure and your need may not be 7,000 prophets. It may just be one person who can come in and give you a hand sometimes. Your provision may not be the career path that you want. But it may be the reality of the path that he has you on now. And do you not find peace and joy and the reality of what God has given as opposed to the fantasy we sometimes chase. You see, Radio Gaga is all the noise that goes on that keeps us from hearing the message. And if we remove from our lives all such distractions 
turn back to God with a pure heart. He will rain down blessings upon each and every one of his children, individually and collective, more so than man can count. So I guess what I'm saying is this, that sometimes we need to get alone and reconnect with God and hear the new plan for the new life that he has for you. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you today as we close the service and thank you for the time that you've given us to come together. And Father, as we go out into the world today, help us to go out knowing that you're with us now in all ways and help us to go out blocking the noise of this world that we can hear your voice among all. And Father God, give us the desire to, to seek you out in all things, even in those times of silence that we need. Draw us close to you that we can hear your name, that we can hear your word and your desire for our life. In Christ's name we pray, amen. May grace, mercy, and peace which come from God our Father and from Jesus Christ his Son be with us who live in truth and love. Amen.